So tonight, we're going to look, as we continue to look into uh, uh, the woke culture that we live in, uh, tonight we're going to talk about uh, cancel culture, and I don't know how many of you have done any type of reading online or viewing online uh, of different uh, aspects of cancel culture. I'm sure without even realizing it, you've read stuff about what cancel culture is about, um, I, was, I looked for a video a long time to try to find something uh, for us this evening. Uh, I could not find something that was worthwhile putting up on the screen um, as far as uh, that was from, a, from, their, from someone who supported cancel culture. Um, there's one that I almost used. The person was being interviewed by Dr. Phil, and she just went on and on about how everyone should be canceled. And um, I'm just like, you know what, we already understand that, and it's nothing new uh, that it is giving to us. Merriam-Webster, in, their diction, in, in, their, in the dictionary, uh, defines cancel culture as the practice or tendency of engaging in mass canceling as a way of expressing disapproval and exerting social pressure. If you were to uh, look at... Uh, online and Google definition of cancel culture, you're going to get kind of a variety, uh, a range of definitions, all really uh, around the same concept. And there's a a faith-based article that I was reading online from a a website, and the guy, uh, as he was writing, was given an illustration of how, um, for whatever reason, (laughs) uh, he says, my five-year-old and I were having a discussion about tar on the way to school one morning. He's like, I know, a deeply compelling topic of conversation. He'd seen tar on the cracks of the asphalt down the country road outside our home and asked what it was and how it was used. He then proceeded, the conversation seemed to be going great as I recounted some of the popular usages for it throughout the ages. Well, then it led him until he realized that he started mentioning the idea of tarring and feathering to his five-year-old on the way to school. He says, in retrospect, sharing the details and history of such a barbaric practice with your five-year-old is probably not the wisest choice. He listened in horror as I described how mobs would often issue the sentence of being covered in hot tar and feathers as a form of publicly shaming someone who had committed a socially unacceptable offense. He thought about it for a moment, the son, and asked, Dad, they don't do that to people anymore, do they? Nobody, they don't do that anymore. I assured him. And so it then led him into an entire article, uh, writing an entire blog type uh, post about is tarring and feathering being done today just without the tar and the feathers? And I, he came to the conclusion that yes. And so what I want to do tonight is just help us think through things through this biblically. I have a series of questions Uh, similar to last week, that we'll walk through, and then even some scripture at the end that I just want to point out, just a few references, because along this topic we could come up, and hopefully they pop up as we discuss this evening, but there's a lot of verses that we could use in combating against cancel culture. But the first question I want to simply ask this, this evening is, what are topics, themes, positive or negative, that flow out of cancel culture? I will start with one, and uh, this was, I, I watched part of this uh, lecture by a man by the name of Sean McDonald. He's an apologist. 
And he made this statement. I thought it was actually, uh, ac- I thought it was very accurate. He said that cancel culture puts people as un- irredeemable. So when you think through cancel culture, the thinking goes, really, it's, it's that once someone has made one mistake, there's no way back. Hence, people are irredeemable. Now, those who are, are full-blown into cancel culture are not going to say that necessarily. Some of them might. Um, uh, but that is one that, that I see in, within cancel culture is that it really can point out a, a theme of it can be that people are irredeemable, that there's, there's no way of redemption. And we know that throughout Scripture, what? Scripture clearly teaches the whole plan of salvation is that man is redeemable. Um, what are some other themes, topics that flow out of cancel culture, that both positive and negative, that, that or do I need to explain cancel culture a little bit more? I guess I'm kind of assuming that. So cancel culture is simply, it's actually surprisingly, if you were to Google or YouTube it, <laughs> I can use that phrase, you'd find actually a lot of liberal individuals blasting cancel culture, okay? But cancel culture is basically taking, if, if I were to offend Andy, or let's just go on a bigger side, let's say I say something that is theologically wrong from the pulpit, maybe un- unintentionally, okay? I say or pastor says something theologically wrong, inappropriate, or whatever, whatever word you want to use, and then immediately the entire church turns around and basically fires me simply because of one statement that I made. Okay? Um, there's, social media is a big part of this, is how a lot of this is propagated. Okay? Um, there have been people, for instance, how many of you remember the baker in Colorado that was sued? The court went all the way to the Supreme Court. He won that man was actually ended up being sued two or three more times, three other cases. There's actually one that's still in the courts. Now, he has won every single time, probably because Supreme Court kind of, once you win that one, it, it kind of helps you with all your other ones. But if you don't know, this man was a, is a Christian. He was a Christian baker, and he refused to make a cake for uh, a, a homosexual couple even though a bakery right, down, right next to them was, would have been willing to do it, they walked out, they find, filed this lawsuit, this man's name, this man everything. There was protests outside his, his place of business. They literally tried to literally cancel everything about the man. So cancel culture is not just, well, we don't want, we're not going to read that product anymore. We're not going to... Um, uh, we're not going to condone something. It's, it's not the idea, of, you know, I don't want to jump ahead of myself in my questions. But when you think of cancel culture, it is literally someone made a statement or a perceived wrong sometimes. Even a lot of it ends up being a perceived wrong. Okay, a perceived uh, slight on maybe an eth- ethnic group or, uh, or something of that nature and thereby every, they are literally tarred and feathered socially from interacting with, uh, and, and basically they're, they're blacklisted. I mean, uh, there are Hollywood, in fact, some of the most liberal, I was telling Liz on the way, an individual that in Hollywood or, 
or I should say in mass media that has been canceled, which shocked me when I read this, was that Ellen DeGeneres has been canceled. Okay, so it's not, it, it, there's, there's an element that, I don't even remember why she got canceled. Um, some situations where people are being canceled, it's actually comical. Um, but it's literally an irrational, and there's another theme for you, there, it brings about irrationality in people. Um, if, if any, I don't know if that maybe confused you more, I don't understand, no, but if anybody has any other thoughts on how you would even define cancel culture, we'll just start there. Are there any other thoughts on how you would define cancel culture? Yeah, Nino. I mean, in a lot of ways, it's a very, very old concept, right? It's the concept of making a person a victim of a riot or an outcast or whatever. Right. Because of something you've done, because of who you are, you are now the person on the drop. Right. 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 Right
he would go in as an atheist, the, the youth pastor or another teacher, the Bible teacher or whatever, would then do the questions back. Well, the video was put on YouTube and he got a bunch of, ama- a bunch of positive reviews. And he said within a week that all switched and there was a bunch of horrible, nasty comments in the comment section on YouTube from a bunch of atheists saying you should just interview them or you should, and, and he gives the illustration of it and so he eventually is like, okay, so he sat down with an atheist and had that conversation with him and in fact, one, one school actually asked him literally, why don't I just introduce you as an atheist? He didn't even tell the students that he wasn't an atheist to begin with, which is kind of, it, it, in listening to him give the illustration, but the idea of that cancel culture is literally, they are trying to literally, there, were, there are those who are trying to literally get Sean McDowell and, and cancel him so he's never ever heard from again. Um, uh, and so how, I've mentioned some things, but the second question that I see is, how have we seen cancel culture impact general society? Andy. Yeah, go ahead. Which is interesting with Ken, as I was studying this out and really looking at it a little bit more, I think it's ironic that the unsaved world that says, doesn't, that says their sin isn't really a thing, the very nature of cancel culture says that sin is a thing. Like what Andy was just saying, there is an element of society that have said this is wrong. They are saying that there is something right and wrong about society. So whether they want to admit it or not, they're actually saying that there is, something, there is sin and there is righteousness. Or they wouldn't use the term, those terms necessarily. But there's something moral and immoral about society, right and wrong. Um, and so I think there are some positives that you could, I mean, the, the ethos of cancel culture, there's not a whole lot of positivity in it. But there is, yeah, Laura. Did you have Right. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, it's uh, I mean, it makes us think before we speak, right? Um, we, we do need to make sure that we're thinking before we speak. Uh, and one area, um, unless there's more thoughts on this, I'll go to the next question. Yeah, Nino. Were you reading my notes? No. Oh, I'm just wondering. Because that's in two questions I actually deal with the idea of cancel culture within the church. Um, but uh, we'll, I'll, I'll embellish on that in a, in a couple minutes. But yes, you're right. It's, I even asked Liz that question on the, way, uh, on the way in this morning, this evening. Yes, Pachi. And that's really, I would say, one of the big things right now in that where we're seeing this is actually you're seeing a lot of arguments about school libraries right now and books in school libraries and, and what is and what isn't acceptable in, in school libraries. And um, there's, a, there's a lot of elements of this that are, are showing up in, uh, in, our, in our society. Um, yeah, Tim. Worldview 
It's, it's, as I was reading, looking through even the videos, just seeing how many different areas and people in society are, have been, I mean, one of the big things that one of the big individuals in, in society and where we've seen this, where people, okay, you're saying my religion, as Tim has been saying, there's my area, this is what I like, this is what I live for, this is all that. There are comedians that are just, some of the most liberal comedians you could think of are blasting this culture um, of, of, cancel, of cancel culture. Um, Piers Morgan, I don't know how many of you know who Piers Morgan is. He's nonstop going out, out against cancel culture. Yeah, Andy. Right. Which I think is interesting as you hit on that too, as you know, election. It's not just a, lib- this is not a liberal culture. This is a culture of the world we live in. This is both conservative um, liberal, um, in between, everywhere in between. It is the society we live in is dealing with this idea of canceling things that we don't agree with. It's, it's tribal war. Yes. And, and to show you an illustration of the conservative towards, even outside of the one that Andy kind of gave, there was a, a story, an interview that I, I watched of a man who was all upset at Chick-fil-A because of their stance on homosexuality and all of those kinds of things. And I forget what, I think this was down in Arizona. So he decided uh, to go through, and I guess Chick-fil-A was still giving out free waters and stuff like that. And they would go through, and so he went through the drive-thru to get his free water and just started berating the employee. Well, he recorded himself doing it and then posted it on YouTube, thinking that he was going to have this amazing response and that it was going to just put a black eye on Chick-fil-A. Well, it had the negative effect. He ended up losing, he had just been given a new job. He had just been given a million dollars of stock in the company that he worked for. He went into work a couple days after that video was posted and his boss asked him into the room and fired him on the spot. 
For two years, he could not keep a steady job because the one job he forgot, he didn't tell the people about the video. Once they found out about the video, they fired him. The other one, they told him about the video and he couldn't keep the job. Eventually, his family was on food stamps. And he said he was getting death threats because of what he did. And I went to the video on YouTube and I read some of the comments and they were pretty, pretty nasty comments. And they probably weren't liberal people. They were probably people who are all about the conservative approach of Chick-fil-A. I don't know that for sure. I don't know who they are. But it's not, unfortunately for us, you know, as we look at cancel culture in our society, the next question I have is along the lines of what Nino has brought up, is how has or is cancel culture manifesting itself in the church? Nino. Yeah. <laughs> but he doesn't, he doesn't care about questions. He likes questions, right? And, and even in our own church, if we don't allow a place of discussion and questions like, hey, how does this actually work? What does this actually look like? I don't understand this. Then all we do is just shove those questions underground. Mm. They stay there and they just they burn. Right. So it's dangerous. Yep. Andy.
one way I've seen this in the church as well is how we handle, along the lines of what we've just kind of mentioned, but there's an element of people trying to fault find people in the church. And on a personal level, if we are faulted against, practically speaking, we don't want anything to do with that person. We don't talk to that person. Uh, we don't want them to be around. And if we had our way, we, we would kick them out of the church if that was our way. And in a sense, that has an element of cancel culture in it because cancel culture in many ways, many often, many often, oftentimes has a vitriol spirit behind it. It has an attitude of, of disgust and anger, uh, of, and a lot of that is self-driven. And so uh, I, I do see how a lot of times we want to, because they, a pastor or a church leader or not, someone that not even part of our church, another public individual, let's just use, um, I'll just use John MacArthur as an illustration, Okay, there has been articles written about him trying to get him canceled. And, and why is that? I don't know, you have to read the articles. <laughs> but I do know that the, that the articles are, have gone after him, uh, calling his, fa- his whole organization nepotistic, and um, all of the, a bunch of accusations that have been cast at him. But it's by another person who claims to be a Christian. And so we need to be careful that we are not allowing aspects of even cancel culture. To, go ahead, Andy. You're fine. It's less than I have thought. No, I'm just joking. I would say Ravi Zacharias would be a good illustration of that. Um, but we, and, and for us as Christians, when we look at even a even when someone does, and it's been hit, hit on and mentioned multiple times this evening, is our attitude has got to be different than what the cancel culture attitude is. When someone does something that we don't, yes, Liz.
which all this, I, the questions have actually built on themselves better than I thought they would. Um, yes, Julie. Yeah, and obviously when we're talking about cancel culture and the manifestation of that in the church, I would not actually liken that, and the last question is this, what is the difference between not condoning sin and cancel culture? And I think that there is a difference. Um, not condoning sin, in, at least in my mind as I wrote the question, since it is my question, um, and I understood why I asked the question this way, um, is con- not condoning sin is looking at it from a biblical perspective and looking at what a person has done, a group of people have done, what, what others have done from a biblical perspective rather than looking at it as, as Tim so eloquently put, tribalism and doing what I, what I like what I, from my own perspective. Um, that is how I, I, I see a difference there. What are your guys' thoughts? Or embellishing on that. Tim. And so, I, any other thoughts on, on the difference? Jemima, that hand went up fast. And I'll get up there in the balcony too. Man, there's hands going up all over the place.
Yeah. Right. Before down here, since these lights, they probably have missed you because the lights are in my face right now, uh, which is great. I'm glad people can see the, uh, so you don't need to change, but Adam, go ahead. Yeah, and if you didn't hear Adam, uh, he said that repentance is a big key in the difference between the two. And how um, repentance puts it, the onus back on the individual who did the wrong, whereas the opposite, uh, it, cancel culture would put it back on, it's about their own concern and not actually on the person. There's no desire to see that person change. Which, okay, David? Yeah, it's, it's uh, and again, I don't want to use that term myself. I mean, I got that from another individual, but I thought it was really helpful in understanding uh, the cancel culture that we are in. And so I do want to take the last couple minutes, because I know all of us want to go have some soup. Um, I don't want to cancel that part of it. Um, but Ephesians 4.32, and I actually have these up on the screen um, just for sake of time and stuff. But here are verses that help us understand how to interact and how our behavior should be. Most of these verses, some of these verses may not even be new to us, but Ephesians 4.32 says, Be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving each other, just as God in Christ also hath or has forgiven you. Complete opposite of what cancel culture is. I, this would not be their mantra. <laughs> this would not be their mantra. Galatians 6.1, Brethren, if anyone is caught in any trespass, you who are spiritual, restore such a one. In a spirit of gentleness, each one looking to yourself so that you, will, you too will not be tempted. We should be seeking to help, the, help others repent, help others, as it's already been mentioned, through the process of church discipline or uh, even before it reaches that level. We should be coming alongside one another and, and helping each other, not pushing each other away saying, back. You know, if they have bad breath, that's one thing. But if they're sinning, you need to go up near them and help them and come alongside them. But 1 Corinthians 12.25 says, So that there may be no division in the body, but that the members may have the same care for one another. Again, there needs to be unity in the church, the idea of caring for one another. 1 Peter 2.12, Keep your behavior excellent among the Gentiles and Peter would be here referring to those who are not saved. So that in the thing which, that's the word Gentiles there, is referring to the unsaved there. Keep your behavior excellent among the Gentiles so that in the thing which they slander you as evildoers, they may because of your good deeds as they observe them glorify God in the day of visitation. Again, we need to make sure that we're having excellent behavior. Proverbs 10, 12. Hatred stirs up strife, but love covers all transgressions. 
You know, Proverbs 15.1, I don't have this on, on one of the screen on, on a slide, but Proverbs 15.1, a soft answer turns away wrath, but grievous words stir up anger. And then Proverbs 11.12, he who despises his neighbor lacks sense, but a man of understanding keeps silent. You know, you.